my listeners, this is a quick commercial. If you guys are having any issues sleeping, go ahead and go to clova.com. That's K-L-O-V-A.com and enter in my code is Yolanda Evet Speaks, Y-O-L-A-N-D-A. Y-V-E-T-T-E-S-P-E-A-K-S for 10% off of your order. If you're having any issues sleeping, all you do is take this patch, is you peel it, you stick it, and you sleep. All right, y'all. Told you it's going to be quick. Bye. Hey everyone and welcome to Yolanda Event Speaks. It is me, Yolanda Event, motivational speaker, public speaking coach, author, and your podcast host. So listeners, if you want to be on the show or if you know anyone who you think will be good for the show, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or any speaking opportunities for me, please go ahead and reach out to me at YolandaEventSpeaks.com. That's Y-O-L-A-N-D-A. Y-V-E-T-T-E-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. Also, go to the same website, y'all, and um, order my book, Speak Up. This is where you're going to learn the winning strategies to effective public speaking and making a profit at doing so. So now that all that good stuff's out the way, y'all, we got somebody for y'all. Y'all going to want to sit. Go ahead and get y'all notebooks, get y'all pen, paper, pencil, whatever. You get your recording devices together because y'all going to want to hear what she has to say because it's, it's, it's amazing. We have Linda Whiteman, graduated from Cal State, Domin- uh-uh. what is this, Dominguez? Hills in California with a degree in accounting. She obtained her MBA from the University of Phoenix and later became an associate professor teaching communications, management, leadership, and strategic planning. She spent several years working for a Fortune 500 company and decided to use her corporate accounting skills to start her business consulting firm. With her background in accounting, real estate, investing, and taxes, she now helps her clients grow their business, increase profits, and save money. She is an international traveler, entrepreneur, and teacher at heart. In March 2020, at the beginning of the pandemic, she started teaching youth about financial literacy. Now her days are spent teaching kids 8 to 18 about financial literacy online. Her classes cost $12 to $20 per hour session. The topics include finance for kids, the basics of stock market, and economics. So y'all, let's welcome to Yolanda Vest Speaks, Miss Linda Whiteman. Hey, thank you, thank you. Uh-oh. Thank you for having me, Yolanda. Oh, you are welcome. Listen, you know I had to get you up here because you're talking about financial literacy, especially for the youth, because, um, you know, a lot of the adults don't have it together, so we're going to get these babies together, right? So I want you to talk to the people real quick. Let them know who Linda is in your own words, because I can read your bio all day um, and mess it up, but I want you to tell them who you are. Who I am. Well, I am, I'm a traveler. Let me just tell you that. I love to travel. I love to get on a plane. I love to um, meet people, you know, learn about different cultures. And um, it just helps me to communicate with people uh, easier. Um, What else am I? I am a mother. I started teaching financial literacy to my daughter when she didn't even want to hear about it Mm -hmm. but I knew but I knew it was important so I had to um 
Well, actually, I worked I worked kind of with the PTA, mm-hmm. so I had to go talk to the uh, principal and say, "Can I can I speak to these kids?" And they let me speak, and I've been doing it ever since. Oh, that's amazing! Are you missing traveling right now? I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I am missing it, but that's okay. You know, I'm staying safe, staying yeah. inside, have my hand sanitizer, you know, and <laughs> looking at my Netflix like everybody else. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, and teaching kids. I, I can't wait to really get back out there and travel more. You know, it's, it feels like, dang, did I take advantage of what was available <laughs> before the pandemic? Like, I just miss it. Because I was planning a trip to Jamaica before this whole thing happened. I was like, ah, okay, okay. I'm still going. Just not right now. <laughs> Just not right now. So what I want to do is I want you to go ahead and talk about uh, financial literacy when it comes to, no, matter of fact, what is financial literacy? For those who may not know, they just hear it all the time. They don't know what financial literacy is. Yeah, great. Right. Um, so financial literacy is really um, talking about financial education, and that could include talking about managing how you manage money, talking about budgeting, talking about um, investing in the stock market or real estate. Uh, what I what I have found is that unfortunately we don't talk about money in our households. Uh-uh. It's not something that that we do and so um the other thing is it's not really something that we we are taught in school you know in elementary school and high school and so where do people get their financial education from oh wow from what just say, from what they see that's pretty from whatever they see and that's what happens yeah or maybe from people who really are not professionals like oh my cousin told me (laughs) (laughs) and no you can't does your does if your cousin has a degree and if your cousin has background but if your your cousin sometimes can't tell you how to invest in stocks if your cousin don't have stocks Mm -hmm. right they're going off of what they've heard but they have never did it themselves so they don't know all the pitfalls that they setting you up for because they never did it themselves. Yeah, yeah. And so in my classes, I really talk about, um, I talk about how people feel about money. But, oh, this is a fun, I'm going to tell you what I tell these, these kids about credit. So in class, I'll say, so for example, Yolanda, would you, would you let me borrow a thousand dollars? Uh no. <laughs> uh-uh. That's that's mostly what I get from the kids. Some kids say, "Oh, I'll let you borrow the money," but most kids say no. And so I say to these to these kids, "Okay, well, um, then I talk about FICO scores. Then I talk about credit scores, and I talk about responsibility." And then when I say, this is what a FICO score is, uh, if I had an 800 FICO score, would you would you uh, let me borrow the money? Versus if I had a 600 FICO score, would you mm. let me borrow the money? Mm-hmm. And so if, uh, you know, 
if you are responsible about money and responsible about paying people back, then you're going to get money and you're going to get it for cheaper. Yeah. And so really, when we, when we think about, let's say, FICO scores and having a loan for a home, I mean, we're talking about 30 years. 30 years of maybe paying $300 or $400 more because our FICO score is, is uh, not as good. And um, no, I, my, my kids leave my classes knowing what 800 is and, and t- telling themselves that I must pay my bills on time. That, that's a good thing because, again, like you said, we don't have these conversations oftentimes. And a lot of times, um, even in the in the household, they may they may be seeing, oh, my parental person is paying things later. Things have been cut off. So that's what they either, they're like, no, I'm not going to be that person growing up. Or they end up being that person. They're like, because, I mean, we always made do. We always made a way. It, it'll happen. You know, so paying the bills late my dad always said well at least have a conversation with them if you're gonna pay it late at least call them you know what i'm saying don't try to avoid the people you owe money to that was his rule he would first off he was like pay your bills on time that's him he is a, a stickler for paying your bills on time um first he's like no try not to have bills in the first place but you know the bills that you need to have you know pay them on time and if for every reason you can't pay them on time call them don't try to avoid them because they're not going anywhere they are not going anywhere they're not going to forget that you owe them any money (laughs) ever so don't avoid it is is that your take too yeah i mean and that goes to um really looking at a budget because whenever i talk to people about a budget let's say you know i talk to kids the kids and we uh do a budget in class but when i talk to adults i say do you have a budget most people, they don't really have a budget. Uh-uh, because you hear people say, I need to be on a budget, or I need to start doing a budget, I need to write myself a budget. And we say that all the time, but never really do it. Or we might write all our, everything that's going out, but we never really stick to it. So what's your what's your methods on writing a budget? And here's the keyword, sticking to it. <laughs> you said the right words, sticking to it. It's like we, we write a, a fictitious budget about, what we want to spend our money on. And so um, what I would recommend is really one month, unfortunately, it might take time, but write down either what you spend daily on a daily basis for 30 days, or if that's too much, look at, how can I explain this? So let's say you use uh, your debit card or you, you take money from your checking account really look to see what did you take? Mm-hmm. What what categories did you did you spend your money on? I mean, look at the actual m- money that you're spending, not creating a budget. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, what people will do, this is what they do. They they know that they pay for um, mortgage, rent, food. Uh, then then they pay for utilities, but what we forget is to add in miscellaneous stuff car repairs, gifts for people, doing my hair, Mm -hmm. cleaning, you know, and those add up over time. And so really to think about um, how are you really spending your money, not how you think you're spending your money. Mm -hmm. 
That that's a thing because I remember going to um to my bank and getting a printout. Of course, you can do it online or whatever and see it, but I like to have the paper stapled together with my highlighter. Okay, and <clears throat> all those lines on my paper were so shocking to be like, what? Wendy's, McDonald's, <laughs> like all the like fast food places. Because you'd be surprised how many times you hand your card over, and you know you'd be like, oh, it's only. Four dollars or four fifty four for that four for four, but that sucker adds up over time, you know. Um, and it's not just you; you're feeding your children or whatever it happens, you know. Oh, I'm going to go get this five dollar pizza. How many times a month are you getting that five dollar pizza? All those five dollars adds up, and so between, for me, being transparent between Amazon, going to like Walmart or something, and fast food those are my my biggest three things that i spend on knowing doggone well i could be saving so much more money um on just eliminating the fast food or cutting it down since i'm going to walmart anyway <laughs> to get groceries um you know there's certain things but we're like ah it's the convenience but yet we complain about what we don't have saved up but it's the convenience of it all. We don't want to sacrifice the convenience. Would you say that? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to just go go to fast food. I do, I, you know, everybody does that. But, but like you said, you know, it, it, there should be a limit, mm-hmm. right? There should be a limit. And then sometimes, you said going to Walmart, sometimes you go to those stores and they have in the aisles things that you should buy which you you really don't need and you just find yourself (laughs) absolutely yeah i'm like oh it's only 99 dollars for that and then it's like wait a second do i need that not at all you know what i started doing because here we have like the neighborhood market and you have like the big walmart you have like the neighborhood like I'm like I'm just gonna go to the neighborhood one because they just have the food, <laughs> so it keeps me away from everything else that may like oh you know what I do need some some hand towels that I probably don't need or oh let me go look at the electronics I don't need nothing out of the electronics so I I eliminated that part because I'm like because you know you walk past the shirts you're like oh this is a cute shirt you ain't coming there for that nary shirt don't need no shirt. You have so many shirts already in your closet that you aren't even wearing. So I'm like, I'm going to eliminate that part a little bit by going to a store that's just going to have food and not the other stuff that's going to, you know, distract me. So that that was my little way of trying to help myself out just a little bit. But, you know, every little bit helps. Do you think it would help if we had a goal that we're trying to reach? Be like, hey, I want to save up X amount of dollars. Um for this reason, for this trip, for this, whatever the expense is that you're trying to do, something, maybe something fun for yourself or whatever. Like when I hit this mark right here, I'm going to spend it on this. Do you think that'll help us focus a little bit more? Yes, absolutely. Writing things down. So they, they say if you write something down six times, it becomes permanently embedded in your mind. So hmm. I want you to write down, I am a millionaire six times. See, I told y'all get y'all pen and paper. Y'all got to write down, I am a millionaire <laughs> six times. Yes. And so what that does is you start subconsciously doing things that draw you to being, you know, to get into that goal. So, yeah, whether it's a millionaire, a million dollars, or $500, mm-hmm. you know, $1,000, 
write your goal down and and really, you know, try to put things in action that are going to help you get to that goal. And so, but this is the thing too. With some people, some people are in debt as well, mm-hmm. you know. And I know it could be difficult to write down how much debt you have, you know, what the interest rate is, is on that debt, but you have to write it down because you start from somewhere, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, today you can write down what, what, what your debt is, and then next in the next six months, you have a goal to reduce that debt. Or today, write down... Um, you know, how much money you, you want to save, but we have to take action by writing this down and really um, having having some type of plan. If we, if we don't have a plan, where are we going to go? So is that the same advice that you would give to someone? Because I knew an adult who um, actually, when they were a child, they had debt um, as a child, and they didn't know um, because, of course, their, their, their mother had put things in their name. So they had debt already on them, that they didn't put themselves. So now it's hard for them to get an apartment. It's hard for them, you know, it was it was hard. And they didn't know. Um, so what do you do when you're already in a hole, you know, with with financial literacy for youth, when you already are in a hole that you didn't even put yourself in? Okay, you have to just tell yourself, I'm gonna get out of this hole. Mm. You know, there, there is a way, because if you tell yourself, I'm not going to get out of this hole. I'm never going to have an apartment. I'm never going to have a house. Guess what? You're never going to have those things. You mm-hmm. have to you have to really change your perspective. Because okay, for me, I um you know, I I was a a, a single well, I, I grew up in a single parent household. I raised my daughter in a single parent household, but I was able to save up enough money to buy a house. Now, if I told myself I'm never going to have enough money. I'm never going to save up. I'm never going to have a, a house by myself and have my name on the deed. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done it. But I had to tell myself, you know what? It's possible. It's possible that even though this happened to you, or even though you have the perspective of the average, you know, female and what her net worth is and things like that, I don't listen to those statistics. I don't care about what happened in the past. You know what I care about today? And forward. That's it. Mm-hmm. What do we? What do you tell the teenager who has their job, right? So they're excited to have some money in their pocket, and as soon as the money's in their pocket, that money is gone because you know they have some money and it's exciting. Um, but also at the same time, being an adult, you're like you need to save, but they can't understand the concept really of saving because I want it now mentality. Uh, what I do is I have, uh, I talk about the 50-30-20 rule. And so this is a, a rule that whenever you have money coming in to your bank account, that you should spend 50% of that money on what you need, spend 30% of the money on what you want, and spend 20% on savings, or you could donate some of that. So you could put 10% for savings and 10% for donation. And this is what I do 
and what you know it was so it was so rewarding because one of my students um his older sister was going to college and she said i don't know what i'm gonna do with my money and um my student said oh you should do the 50 30 20 rule and this is his older sister you know and so and i mean this is what i'm instilling in them and when you instill something in in somebody at that age that's good the 50 30 20 rule and that's even could work for adults as well um depending on what what how much you have with your needs and wants you can cut down on the want i'm you know i'm saying to move that over to the saving depending you know i'm saying however you want to make it work for you right of course yeah and i mean this is just a general rule um so some of us i mean you know are Sometimes things happen. You know, we may lose our job. Things may be difficult. So you may not have, you, know, you may not be able to follow the 50, 30, 20 rule. Maybe you're spending more on your needs because you don't have that much money coming in, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fine. Or maybe you're making a lot of money and so you spend less on your, you know, your needs. So it's just, this could be adjusted, but, but really it's something to, at least have instead of just oh I have all this money what do I do with it so what happens when you're on the opposite spectrum where you know they like you have way too many bills and not enough money coming in like how can you balance that because if something is not going to get paid right okay so the reality of of um budgeting is you have to do two two things right you have to make more money or spend less. Let's uh-huh. just be real. Uh-huh. And if you focus on both, then you can get out of any situation. Because some people, what they do is they just focus on, oh, I have to reduce this. I have to reduce that. It's like, well, wait a second. Do you have any kind of talent where you could m- go make money today? You uh-huh. have a side hustle. Can you clean? Can you teach somebody something? Can right. you sew? What can you do right now to make money? And when you when you sit down and think about it, what can I do right now to make money? Some things are gonna pop in your head, and you just have to do them. Right, and I like and I like that that concept. You're like, you need to either make more or spend less. Like scratch that. It's you need to do both. You need to do both, and you can start right away if you start thinking about what can be, you know, as passive income. What can you do today? What's your skills? What's your talents that you may be sitting on? Um, what's your side? We used to always call, call them side hustles. So, what can you side hustle? What can you use as your side hustle? And there's a lot of kids, youth out here who have a lot of talents, um, a lot. And I feel like now that we're in the day and age of technology, the way it is now, um. They are making a lot of money. Anytime you, the little boy made millions off of opening up toys on YouTube, I'm like, that is crazy. He's made, you know, is he a billionaire now? Or he's really close to it. Um, Some little young boy, that's all he does is open up toys on YouTube. Exactly. So that's the thing. If you see somebody else doing something, what's preventing you, your listeners, what's preventing you from, from making more money tomorrow? Right. You know, they have, a lot of people have that concept of, oh, somebody else is already doing it. 
So I'm not going to do it. Somebody else is already doing it. But I remember seeing that meme about, um, like, the bread aisle and all the different types of breads and, you know, how many different white breads are there? Somebody else has already created bread, but there's still different brands of breads out there. So you don't have, just because somebody else is doing it don't mean that you can't do it either and put your own little spin on it, your own little take, your own little special sauce on it. Yes, well, you have to try. So this is my, this is my thought. 100% of the businesses fail that never start. There so you go. So if you don't start, you already failed. You already failed. Already. I'm with you. I am so with it. How do we get youth into talking about stock markets and getting involved in that? Because you'll see a lot of kids with, you know, wearing, let's say, Jordans or something like that, right? So everybody's supporting these brands or the iPhone, whatever it is, Samsung, um, but they don't have any any stock in it, in it. Would you suggest, like, since you're paying for the stuff, you might as well go ahead and Put your money into that company as well. Absolutely, you 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 said it. So um, you you'd be surprised how many students I have. Okay, I have a, a stock class and it's for teens primarily. I have this eight year old, eight, talking about stock. He was he he was the most uh, talkative student in the class, and I think the oldest in the class was sixteen. <laughs> Well, what do you recommend and can, can you tell me about dividends and and what is compound interest oh wow and ceos and it was i was so surprised um about that but but really i i really talked to to the students about following their interests when they first um when they're first starting off and so that is what do you what do you wear what do you watch do you watch Netflix? Buy that stock. Do you do you um you know do you have Air Jordans? Instead of how about this? Instead of telling your parents to buy you Air Jordans, tell your parents to buy you stock. I mean mm-hmm. you you have the option. And nowadays it's so much easier to buy stock. So I'm gonna tell you this is what I talk to my students about fractional shares. Okay, so for example, let's say. Uh, one share of Nike is cost one hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and all you have is twenty five dollars. Now, what some people may do is say, "I can't buy this stock because I don't have enough money." Yes, you can. You can buy that stock. You just have to go to a brokerage company that offers fractional shares, so you can buy twenty five percent of this share. And what they're doing now is they're allowing people to only invest five and ten dollars a month or a transaction. So young kids are starting to invest because they don't have to have you don't have to have a lot of money these days. Before you you did before brokerage companies would say, oh what. How much you got? Oh, you don't have that much? And they would say, well, we can't help mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's not the case anymore. It, things have changed. That they are making it easier for people who aren't as savvy mm-hmm. to invest. And they're making it easy for young people. And quite honestly, there's there's pretty much three ways where you can, you can be wealthy. One is through stocks. 
Two is through owning a business. And three is through real estate. And let's be honest, real estate, you have to have a lot of money, okay? So with, with having fractional shares as an option, you have the ability to grow wealth, maybe at a small, you know, small bits, but at least you're growing wealth. So, um, is okay. You know, you have like a share. Unless you know, Carnival was a big thing, right? At one, it was like really low. Um, so to say, hey, I have one share in Carnival. Is that better than technically having none? Because I don't know what money you're really making off of just one share, right? It's gonna take you a long time. So what? It, what would you say is like a good amount of a? You know, like you be like, oh, you only got one share, or you be like, mm, you might want to aim for five, or you might want to aim for twenty. Like one share, that's not gonna get you to where you need to go. No, I I believe that it starts with one share. I think that that having one share changes your whole perspective of investing because all of a sudden you are a shareholder of a company. Period. Mm. So now you are going to get emails that is going to educate you. You're going to get um, you're going to get annual reports sent to you. And so all of a sudden you're like, what's what's a prospectus? Mm. What's an annual report? So now it's going to I mean, think of one share as the beginning of financial literacy for you, because now all of a sudden you're going to call your broker up and you may have questions or you may want to take a class. So it's going to pique your interest. So you start with one, then you get 10. Then you do fractional shares. You take $20 or $30 a month. Then you your shares grow. And over time, if you start developing a habit, you could be very wealthy. So... Are you supposed to, okay, so you have your, let's say your one share. We, we back to this one share because we're talking about, you know, um, financial literacy at, you know, the youth age, and they may not know a whole lot. And even adults, you know, so they got their little one, they got their, not little, they got their one share of, because it's, it's a company, so, you know, they're a shareholder, like I said. So they got their one company, their one this share of a company. Right. You know, they went to, let's say, Robin Hood or something like that. They got their little one share. There I go with the little. They got their one share. Do they continue to keep putting money in that? Or they be like, hey, I got my one share. I'm going to ride this thing out, and we'll see what happens in 10 years. Well, the whole idea is for you to continue to invest in in the stock market. It's not to just have one share. So so really, one share is is, is just the beginning. So, yeah, you, you, you have to get your share and then figure out your strategy. What is going to be your strategy? Then once you know your strategy, then you can say, oh, my my bank account, I already have a brokerage account, let's say through Robinhood. I've already set that up. So now I could just add another, uh, a one share in another company. Let me do that. Mm-hmm. And then, ooh, I started a part-time job. Okay. Let me just do mm-hmm. the 50, 30, 20 rule because I already got, I already got it set up. And so it's easier, right? It's easier to add to something when it's already set up for you. And so you just start making $500 a month and put a little bit. Then you can make $1,000 a month and you put a little bit more. And then, you know, when you're 25 and you start making real money, then you can say, wait a second, 
let me just do the um, same 20% of my income. And so what it does really is it creates a habit. Mm -hmm. It creates a habit to where you will get used to investing instead of, you know, sometimes I think when I talk to adults, I said, well, just invest $100. And they haven't developed the habit of investing. Yeah, they like $100. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. it's, oh, it's going to be so much. But if you started with one share and you're you're a, a teenager and all of a sudden, I, you know, you're 25, you're like, oh, I've, I've been investing since I was 16. So it's part of your, you know, budget. Because you know what? Growing up, the stocks were um, like a way above my head. Because, you know, you used to open up the newspaper, you see all these plus minus signs and arrows going up and down and whatever. And it was just so confusing. It was, you know, a whole section of the newspaper. And then it was like, okay, you have to buy, like you said, oh, you want to do stocks? Oh, you don't have enough. <laughs> you don't have enough. And then you had to call somebody and it was like a broker and all this stuff. So I think the day and age that we're, we're in now with like the technology and only one I really know of is Robinhood, but I'm pretty sure there's more. Um, Cause that's who I, that's where I go through is Robinhood. Uh, it's just like, oh, let me click this button and whoop, there you go. You have, you know, you bought stock in a company. Um, and it seems so much easier now than it was before. So it's kind of like, there should be no excuses because it was so overwhelming, um, for me as a kid who, and I didn't know anything about it. And then somebody told me about penny stocks. I'm like, you can get a stock for a penny. And they were like, uh, that's not really, <laughs> it, it sounds different than what it actually is, but they're like, but essentially yes. And I'm like, see, I don't know anything about those things, but, um, all of that is a part in investing. And we want to get the youth to start investing in themselves earlier um, and getting the, a nest egg earlier than rather than later. Because if we would have known what we know now when we were, like you said, you're working with eight-year-olds. You know, just imagine where you would be now if you had that, somebody had told you the knowledge and broke it down to you in an easier form than flipping through the newspaper and seeing all these numbers that are confusing. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm with you because I I really started learning about the stocks when I was 16 years old. Mm. And and what happened is I I just like numbers, and I would go over to my, my um, girlfriend's house, and her father would talk to me, Linda, do you want, do you, let's talk about stocks. Let's talk about bonds. Let's talk about mutual funds. So I had a teacher at, at, as a teen. And um, and then when I got to be, you know, 24, they would say, oh, well, do you have a company that matches at your job? You know, do you have a matching 401k? How much money are you putting away, Linda, in your 401k? Why have, have you got any real estate? So I really had somebody that was, or a, um, you know, the parents of my friend mm -hmm. that really pushed this, pushed this. And I'm, I was looking at newspapers. I'm looking at newspapers. And I remember one of uh, my friends said, why are you looking at newspapers? Why are you looking at stocks? You don't have any money, Linda. And I said, I will. There you go. I will. And when I do, I'm going to know what to do with it. Because, you know, that's the thing that if you, once you have money, because we, we're going to have money 
in our lifetime in some way. We're going to have either insurance policy, we're going to have something, a bonus, um, you know, some, some influx of money is going to happen. And if you don't educate yourself before you get that money, when you get it, you may just, you know, blow, blow it. I mean, that's just, you know, the, re- the reality. Like, this is a thing because, like you said, you had uh, so you had a friend's parent help you out, you know, at a younger age. Because even as an adult, I can guarantee you certain people that I know, including myself, know nothing about stocks, bonds, CDs, 401ks, IRAs. You know, so it's kind of like we're behind the ball on stuff that we probably should have known. But it's kind of maybe generational because our parents didn't know, you know, what those things were and their parents didn't know what those things were. Um, so it's kind of like, how do you break a cycle of something that you don't even know anything about that you're so far behind in? That's like, t- you know, technology where the phone comes out, how your children already know how to use it. And you so far, you're like, do what now? Show me how to, uh, show me, how, <laughs> show me how to print this email. How, show me how to get to this, you know, cause you're so far behind, but you want to do better. But no one told you about, Oh, match it 401k. What is up, you know, any of that stuff or because you have some people you're like, how did you know this stuff? We're the same age. How do you know what an IRA is? How did you know, you know, what CDs and bonds and stocks and how do you know? So what do you do when you're so far behind the ball? Well, I mean, you have to just start today. Start listening to um, podcasts. Start reading articles talk to a stockbroker. I mean, for me, yeah, I did have my, my friend's parents um, help me, but I had to go look at Money Magazine and read magazines, you know? So it, it's, it, it takes time. It's just like anything. If you want to learn something, if you want to learn how to do anything today, mm-hmm. you know, like what? I, I want to learn how to do salsa. I start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Huh? How do you count? Where you counting? You just, whatever you want to do, you just have to say, today I'm going to start whatever, teaching myself how to, um, how to sew, if that's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. So, so it just starts with saying that, you know, I have the desire, I have the will and say, you know, I don't know, take a class, have your kids take my class. Hello. (laughs) There we go. See, I was waiting on it. There we go. That's a good cycle. So do you all, I know you do youth, but do you also help adults? Cause again, we in this thing where we're like, well, I don't know, you know, and we need to be out of that. I don't know. Cause there's so much, um, we have access to so much more now. So, um, do you also help adults figure out, listen, I got $20. What should I do with this 20? 
what should I do with this $20 that's going to help me make money? Yes, I do have classes and I do do one-on-one consulting with, with adults. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, we, what I like to do is start teaching somebody wherever they're at because everybody is at a different level. Some people, some people don't have any debt mm-hmm. and they want to grow their money or they want to, they want to, uh, make sure they, they earn more money with what, the, with the money they have. And then other people are significantly in debt and it's really a challenge to, I think, um, to talk to somebody who has debt and say, you know, it's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. it's okay that you have this. It's okay that this happened. So let's just, you know, try not to worry about it because this is the thing with debt. People have, there's some type of connection. Like they feel emotionally attached. There's a reason why. Like some, somebody I work with said his girlfriend, you know, unfortunately broke up and he was, had this debt. So whenever we talked about the debt, it was an emotional thing. Mm. So, so it's, it's interesting that there's a, there's money attached to emotion. Mm -hmm. And so we have to have a different, I think emotion or a different mindset with money that money is going to, I want a lot of money because I believe money is going to give me freedom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have freedom. If I'm, if I'm in debt, I, f- I felt, I don't have debt now, but I f- I've been in debt and I felt, um, I've, I didn't feel free. <laughs> Cause it's a, it's a scary thing because a lot of times people don't want to, um, check their savings account. They don't want to check their checking or whatever. They don't want to check their accounts because they are afraid to see the number that's staring back at them. They don't, they don't want to know. They want to just, you know, hand that card over and hope that there is money in there and see what happens. <clears throat> hope for the best. And that's not yeah. the mentality that you want us to live in anymore. Because we can do much better. Yes, I, I, I know that it can be difficult. Um, but I, I want people to be financially free. I want mm-hmm. people to take control of uh, their finances so they can um, have the money for a down payment on a house. So they can travel uh, where they want. So they can have a you know retirement that um, they don't have to be concerned about. Because uh, we, we can't rely on Social Security only right. for us to to survive. I mean, look 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 at inflation. I talk about that. The cost of everything is going to go up whether we like it or not. Okay. And so if you, you pay in 1500 or you could be paying, let's say 500 a month for a rent to 1500 a month for rent, it's going to go up. Okay. And so if you don't plan financially, you're not going to be in a good situation, unfortunately. And so the best thing to do is to start, start today. Start today. Listen, I'm with you. I'm with you on that because there's no reason why we can't, <clears throat> excuse me, even if it's starting with something as $5. Um, some people save change and that change equals, uh, that change is, is a good amount. You know, when you go to the bank and you pour it in the thing and you see like, oh shoot, I just been saving some quarters, nickels, pennies and dimes and look at the amount. So you could take that and use that to 
invest in yourself rather you know if you can but this all goes back to wanting to be better um creating your budget looking at where you are being honest with yourself and with everyone who's going to help you out because oftentimes we don't want to tell the people who are going to help us out where we're struggling at um so if i'm like hey linda i'm gonna send you this uh <laughs> these papers i'm gonna let you see my account and you're like ooh. I don't want to show her that because she's going to see exactly what I've been spending my money on. And I'm ashamed of that. Um, if you're ashamed about any of that, that's probably what you not need to be spending money on. Hello. Um, yeah, but, it, but it's about being honest um, with yourself and where you, where you wanting to go and where you have been and the changes that you want to see made in your own life at some point. And you want to be better for the generations to come, especially if you have children or nieces and nephews and you're able to teach them, that there's a better way. They don't have to struggle. They they do not have to struggle. But you don't want to set them up for failure and not teach them um, that there's a better way. And there's Miss Linda out here who's doing that, okay? So if you don't know, send them to somebody who do. Well, yeah, what example are we are we showing to to our, you know, kids or our grandkids, our, our nieces, our nephews, you know, what legacy do, you, do we want to leave behind, you know, when it comes to, to money? So um, you mentioned something, and I want to I I touch on this for, for a second. You mentioned starting, you know, starting early and, and kind of developing this habit. So, so there, this is what really made me want to study finance is um, I remember looking at uh, – investment chart one person started investing when they were 25 mm-hmm. $200 a month they stopped investing at 35 okay $200 a month for less than uh, 10 years or 10 years person number two starts investing $200 a month and invest $200 a month from 35 to 65, okay? Who do you think had the most money? One person invested for 30 years. The other person invested for 10 years. I feel like it's a trick question, so I'm going to go with the 10 years. (laughs) Anybody who knows me knows I do not do numbers. So I feel like it's a trick question, and I'm going to go with 10 years because I don't know where he invested his money at. Okay, you're right. It's it's this is the thing. If you start investing early, you won't you you won't have to invest anymore. Uh-huh. You won't have to, and it doesn't matter. So each person is the same rate of return. Let's say they get eight percent return on their money. Same rate of return. The fact is that when you start early, it's so powerful. Compound interest is so powerful that all you need to do is invest for 10 years sometimes, a decade, and then you can stop. Mm. So you have to, you can make sacrifices early because it, it is going to take you a long time to catch up if you start later. So that's really what I'm trying to tell my, my the youth is, if they if they start investing at 25 they will be millionaires by the time they retire period 
So my daughter is here with me, right? So I'm looking at her like, do you hear this? And she's only 17. So I'm like, ma'am. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, I like, talk to her. I got, listen. I got videos. I got PowerPoint <laughs> presentations. You know, she will be a millionaire if she listens to what I'm saying. I'm, I'm real. Yeah, like I did. I called her from Uptown. Like, hey, listen, I need you to listen to this podcast. Come on, because and and that's the thing that a lot of young people need to hear because it's it's especially depending on the generation that you're under. It was savings account. We'll just put it in the bank. Put it in savings. And then, but the generation maybe like two or three before that was like, uh-uh, we don't trust banks. <laughs> so put it under the mattress, put it in, put it on the mattress, put it in the shoebox. So it was never, okay, take this $20, buy this share stock, watch it grow, or put it in here, invest, or save it up, start your own business. There was none of those talks. Those talks never happened. So I feel like we're in a different time period to where you can actually say to someone, if you start now, you can be a millionaire by the time you are this age. Start now. Yes, that's, See? that's it. I'm, I'm so glad that you have this, this, this platform where so many of your listeners are going to hear this message because this, this is it. I mean, if, if you really take action, no matter what happened before, if you take action today, it's just going to help you. And it's going to help your family. And it's just a different age. You know, yeah. it's a different age. Yeah. I don't put, I don't leave my money in the, in the bank. Cause I, I know that I'm not making enough return on my investment. So I'm, where can I make the most money on my, the, the, mo- the biggest return on my investment? That's what I ask myself every day. Yep. I knew somebody, they were like, the only money that goes in the bank is what I know is going to pay for the bills. And I can pay them electronically, but only everything else is in a safe in my house. There's like, other than that, there's like, it's in a safe in their house, but they, they invested. They are, they're big on investing. They're like, but as far as like cash, it's like, I, it doesn't make any money. And they're all about making money. And if you're like, it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense to them. So they're like, uh-uh, I'm not about to just leave it in the, in the, in the bank just to be, uh-uh. They, they don't do it. And then a lot of times you're like, why am I putting this money in this bank? And then when I go, hope, you know, I don't get a loan. They're like, no. You're like, but this is my own money that they're telling me no to. <laughs> so I'm like, I, listen, I get it. But I feel like I think that her perspective was she learned from that older, older, older generation of don't trust banks. So that's why she's like, she keeps it all close to her mm-hmm. other than investing because she's big on investing. But she keeps it all close to her chest. So she don't she don't mess with nobody, nobody bank. Um, to put no money in nothing. She don't play with it. But, you know, it's a generation thing because if that's all you heard, you don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get it. I, I get it. But I'm so glad it came from your mouth, not mine, that you could be a millionaire if you start today. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, this is the thing, though. Before you start investing seriously, you really should have some some level of savings, like, you know, emergency fund and all that so yes but of course once you have your emergency fund set um you have to have the millionaire mind set and then that's all you need the millionaire mindset that's all you need it starts with a mindset it starts with a mindset not saying that you can't have you know that's where that 50 30 20 came in you know you can still have your wants you can still get it 
But, you know what I'm saying, you can maneuver however way you want, but then if you want um, to have the, the growth, you want to have that millionaire mindset, use some of that want money and move it towards your, your mindset, your mindset money. That's right. You got it. I got it. You got it. I'm asking my daughter. Does she have She said, yeah. We got it. We got it. Listen, because, you know, as a teenager, you know, that money burns a hole in your pocket. So I understand. I get it. You know, because money is new to you when you, when you know, when you first get it. And so you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this, that, and the everything, you know, because Amazon don't make it easy for nobody to say no to. So, you know, so I get it. But now I'm like, I'm having those conversations with her about you need to save and how important saving is, you know. So it's, it's like talking to a wall sometimes, but hopefully she gets it. <laughs> hopefully she's starting to understand, but she's going to be enrolled in uh, Miss Linda class. So it don't matter. <laughs> she she going to get it one way or the other. Hello. Well, you plant seeds, right? I mean, that's all you could do as, as parents. You just you just plant the seeds and say, I hope I hope that they listen to that later on. Sometimes it takes somebody else to tell them the same thing, and you're like, I, t- I told you that. But you know, coming from mom, it don't make you know it d- it doesn't add up until later on in life. But I so thank you for being here with me today. Uh, I truly truly appreciate it. I would love for you to leave the listeners with a tip. Whatever's on your heart, your mind, your soul, first thing that comes to your mind. The first thing that comes to my mind is you can do it. You can do it. Whatever goal you want to achieve, you can do it. You can just just say that self to you whenever, uh, every day. I can do it. I love it. Y'all heard y'all heard of Melinda. Um, I want you to tell people how to get in contact with you, how they can get a hold of you, how they can join the classes, how they can find you, the whole nine yards. Okay, I teach um, my classes through uh, the platform called OutSchool, O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L.com, OutSchool, and my name is Miss Linda on OutSchool, and I teach, um, I teach stock market basics, I teach um, entrepreneurship, starting a business, I teach economics. And um, I have a mini millionaires ongoing class that I just started. So I'm trying to get these these youth to be millionaires. And so just um, look for me, Google me, look for me on OutSchool, Miss Linda, and I hope to see one of your kids in my class. There you go. All right, y'all. Y'all heard her say it. Uh, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Tell yourself that every day. Look in the mirror and say it. Say it to yourself while you're driving down the street. Say it to yourself right now. Um, So, y'all, this has been another episode of Yolanda Yvette Speaks. I love you all dearly, and I am going to talk to you guys another time. Bye. Hey, Yolanda Yvette Speaks listeners. They always say a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So listen, I'm asking, if you want to bless Yolanda Event Speaks podcast, please go to Yolanda Event Speaks at Cash App, Venmo, or PayPal. If you need more information, just really hit me up at Yolanda Event Speaks at gmail.com. That is Y-O-L-A-N-D-A-Y-V-E-T-T-E-S-P-E-A-K-S. Your support helps to keep making my podcast level up. All right, y'all. Talk to y'all soon. Bye-bye.